What's going on, guys? And welcome into another episode of the Blake Pace Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Pace. Hope you guys are having a good Monday. It is uh, June 18th. We're recording uh, day after Father's Day. Quick shout out to my father, Keith Pace. All the all the dads out there, uh, you know, have a lot of respect and love for my father, and uh, you know, a ton of other father figures in my life. So we hope everyone had a great Father's Day yesterday. Um, and actually, you know, I kind of took a, a long weekend for myself. I thought I was going to be having a, uh, an episode last Friday, but, um, <laughs> got caught up in a 21st birthday celebration for my good friend, Teddy, um, which turned into a, you know, a three day, uh, fiasco, but we're back here on a Monday. We got a lot going on. Um, you know, mostly in the NBA as we gear towards the NBA draft, um, this Thursday, um, you know, kind of a dead time still in the NFL. Um, I, you know, we have another uh, team preview coming. Um, we're going back to the NFC South for the Carolina Panthers. Um, that'll be towards the end of this episode. But man, the the NBA is ablaze right now. We're gonna have two, uh, you know, very interesting. Um, we're gonna, sorry, one very interesting topic today. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard demanding a trade or you know, requesting a trade. People around him say he wants to play elsewhere. We're going to dive into that, you know, maybe talk about some potential destinations. Um, But then also uh, later this week, I'm going to be out of town. um, So I will not have, you know, another official episode um, until next Monday. But in the meantime, I will be releasing a full um, NBA draft episode. You know, we will do my final mock draft. Um, We will discuss, you know, potential trade situations um, you know, a few of the more polarizing figures in that. So make sure to look out for that as we approach the end of this week or the middle of this week, probably come out uh, Tuesday evening or Wednesday. Um, but we won't be back until next Monday. Of course, I'm going out of uh, out of town for the week. Um, but let's dive right in. Uh, you know, we're going to start off with, um, you know, probably what might be my favorite number uh, and maybe probably everyone's favorite number when it comes to the uh, NFL. We are on episode number 12 and, you know, there are a ton of goats uh, or, you know, people, you know, want to, you know, some of the greatest quarterbacks ever play the game have war number 12. Um, so let's just get right in on that. And as much as I love um, my favorite team's quarterback right now, we also haven't seen him play uh, in a couple of seasons. So I'm not going in the course of Andrew Luck, although that is going to go into our um, first topic in just a few minutes, talking about that Colts quarterback of mine. But we are going to go to Green Bay. He's, you know, he's part essentially of our constitution. Uh, you know, the the difference between being the most talented player of all time and the greatest. He is the most talented football player, football quarterback of all time. Aaron Charles Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, the Super Bowl champion, uh, two-time All-Pro, two-time league MVP, six-time Pro Bowler, my favorite quarterback to watch play. I think he does, you know, so much on the field that other quarterbacks are unable to do. Um, I've come out and said if you put him on, you know, the Patriots and you put him in the offense of Josh McDaniels and the coaching staff of Bill Belichick, I, you know, I think personally in my mind there is seven and zero or eight and zero now in Super Bowls, um, whereas you know Brady's. <clears throat> Got that uh, five and three record, but nonetheless, that's not the argument I'm making. I just want to shine a light on some of these great talents. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, um, you know, <clears throat> 34 years old, the Cali product. Uh, if you you know just want to look at um, some of his numbers, you know, he's thrown for uh, 38,500 passing yards <clears throat> throughout his career. He has a career quarterback rating of 103.8. Um, you know, some of his better seasons, 
specifically 2011 uh, when he threw for 4,643 yards to go along with 45 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Um, remarkable. You know, if you look at the last few years um, since 2011, Aaron Rodgers, you know, list of interceptions, it's six, eight, six, five, eight, seven, six. Um, of course, two of those years, you know, he, you know, missed just about, you know, half or, you know, over under half of the season. Um, but you know, still to be in single digits, uh, in interception since 2011 and to really only have two seasons in his entire career when he was above 10, um, that's a remarkable, you know, uh, testament to his ability to not turn the ball over. Um, he's just, you know, the, the amazing thing with Aaron Rodgers is you see, you know, all these throws that seem impossible, nearly impossible, the back shoulder throws on the run scrambles. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can really throw it from anywhere on the football field, um, Another thing that's remarkable to me, and I've talked about this time and time again, is his ability to work within one of the worst offensive schemes in football. Um, you know, I you look at other offenses, and like I spoke earlier on um, Josh McDaniel's offense, if you put him in, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense, or, you know, in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams and Sean McVay's offense, there's so many great play callers in this day and age. Um, and upcoming ones, you know, Matt Nagy, who is about to be in Kansas City, he's a, or in Chicago now. He's another name that's on the rise. It's it's so unfortunate um, that even he hasn't even been paired with some of these older guys. You know, Sean Payton, Andy Reid. He really has been stuck in a in a rut when it comes to offensive coordinators, and it's had a big hit um, on his you know ability because you know you look at that coordinators are so important to the game of football, um, and it goes a little underrated. You know, one of the guys that I think is one of more overhyped guys going into next season is Jared Goff. Um, you know, people, I saw uh, Vegas odds, he's like the 10th best favorite to win MVP. Um, and I'm going to just pump the brakes on that because the only reason Jared Goff is having, you know, even a, a turnaround in his career from the, the horrific rookie season we saw is because of Sean McVay. Um, coordinators can make okay uh, quarterbacks great, great quarterbacks save offensive coordinators jobs. And that, you know, I just believe that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has had to play with some terrible play calling. He's had some years with, with a bad defense. I know that green Bay defense used to be, um, you know, a strong suit for their team. Never really had a great running game. Um, protection in the passing game has been decent at times. Um, I just, I, I look at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Super Bowl champions aren't there. He's got one. Um, the MVPs are there two-time. I think he goes vastly underappreciated and, you know, hopefully can get um, some, you know, a, another MVP season or another Super Bowl championship by the end of um, his NFL career because I really think that it'll stamp him as, you know, one of the all-time greats to ever play. And if he doesn't, you know, he's going to go down as one of the more underrated quarterbacks of all time because people put so much emphasis on Super Bowl championships, as you see with, you know, the likes of Tom Brady. So now we're going to go into one of my two topics today, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about uh, Kawhi Leonard because, um, you know, sources say that he has, you know, spoken amongst, you know, people close to him, agent, family, that he uh, would like to play elsewhere. He eyes, you know, Los Angeles, um, the Lakers as his prime destination in hopes to team up with LeBron James and, you know, compete in the West, um, leaving, you know, the San Antonio Spurs, which he is who he has spent his entire career with um, ever since being traded from the Pacers on draft day. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of tension building up this entire season in San Antonio. Of course, 
Um, a lot of people in the organization felt like they turned, he turned his back on them after, you know, going out for that second opinion on his, uh, his, you know, healing body, um, and eventually sitting out the remainder of the season and the postseason as well, which included a five game series, uh, with the golden state warriors. Um, there's just a lot of tension between Leonard and the organization. And, uh, apparently Leonard feels it is, um, it's not fixed. It, it can't be fixed, um, and he would like to go, you know, finish his career elsewhere, pursue championships, um, you know, MVPs, all these accolades elsewhere. And he's, you know, not worried about sacrificing the money. Um, sources say his prime destination, of course, is Los Angeles. People, you know, in his circle um, is rumored that he would, you know, they want to see him in New York with the Knicks. Um, there are several teams that, you know, pop into my head as uh, free agent destinations or trade destinations, my apologies. So I'm going to give you my top five as to where I think uh, Kawhi Leonard will end up playing in the NBA next season. So starting off at number five, and I guess this is, you know, the good part of the position that the, the Spurs find themselves in is that they do not have to grant um, Kawhi's request to go to any specific destination. Um, and so at number five, I'm going with a little bit of a dark horse here. Um, I'd be interested in seeing the Portland Trailblazers, you know, swapping, you know, uh, a pick and CJ McCollum for Kawhi Leonard um, and, you know, another role player, whoever you want to pick off of the, you know, the reserves of uh, San Antonio. Um, if I'm the if I'm the Spurs and I'm looking at my team, I've got Lamarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay just recently opted out of his contract, but you also have Pau Gasol. Uh, you got a lot of forwards right there. Um, you've got Kyle Anderson, small forward. To me, I'm looking at guards. What guards can I bring in? Because Tony Parker is you know old. Manu Ginobili is also you know one of the oldest players in the league. Um, Patty Mills hasn't really turned out that great. Danny Green is getting older. I really want a younger guard in there that can, you know, have a star impact. And that, to me, is CJ McCollum. Of course, um, I've spoken a lot on different shows saying that I believe CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, uh, you know, probably should be broken up. I think that they could both pursue much better careers individually. Um, and if I'm the Trailblazers, I, I'm, I'm probably moving on from CJ McCollum, especially if it can land me the likes of Kawhi Leonard. Um... And, that, and that's another thing, you know, would I say Kawhi Leonard is worth more than CJ McCollum in a first round pick? Of course. But when a player, when it's known that a player does not want to play for a certain organization and his contract is due to run up at some point, then yes, his trade value is lessened, um, which is why I believe that, you know, the Trailblazers would be able to get McC uh, Kawhi Leonard for the likes of CJ McCollum. It's, you know, an all-star talent, um, and that's something that, you know, you have to consider. You look at the trades from last year with Paul George, Jimmy Butler, you're not going to get exactly what you're giving away. Um, that's just what happens when your star player is unhappy with his current situation. Um, I like this uh, this for both teams. I really think that Portland needs to shake things up, and I've, you know, criticized their wing play for years. I, I like their young center they have. Um, of course, their backcourt is great. I love Damian Lillard. Um, you know, he's just coming off a season where he was all NBA first team. Getting a guy at small forward, the best two-way player in the game, amazing defensive player, um, and also has really stepped into his game offensively. I love this fit. You know, it, it gets, you know, away from the log jam in the backcourt, um, you know, with two ball-dominant guards. I think that Kawhi is a great fit there. Um, would he, you know, choose to stay beyond, you know, the length of his current contract? I'm not sure they'd have to have some, you know, pretty decent success in his first season. Um, it's not, you know, L.A. or New York. It's not glamorous. 
Um, but for Port, uh, for San Antonio, you're getting a star guard, a, a younger guy in CJ McCollum, um, you know, who can, you know, help this team still win in the coming years. So number five destination for me, the Portland Trail. Number four, I'm going to another destination, um, you know, that has a guard maybe in an unhappy situation, uh, you know, coaching staff or he's going through, you know, some tough times trying to figure out the direction of their organization. I'm looking at the Toronto Raptors. And honestly, if I'm sending away Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, I think I can net DeMar DeRozan um, instead of Kyle Lowry. Um, and once again, it's for the same reason you're getting a star guard, um, a younger guard than your current roster. Um, and, you know, do I believe DeMar DeRozan is the same level of talent as Kawhi Leonard? Of course not. Just like with the, you know, the CJ McCollum trade, but you're getting an all-star talent um, at the guard position, a position of need desperately. Um, you know, DeRozan can still serve as a go-to scorer. Of course, the defense isn't as great as what you get from Kawhi Leonard, but um, for the Raptors, you know, they have said that, you know, they came out recently in terms of the draft. It said that no player is untouchable. You know, they would love to get into the top 10 of picks, um, you know, going under this whole new um, phase, you know, new coaching staff, maybe a new direction for the team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and make this move. And, you know, if you're getting Kawhi Leonard, of course, like I've said, a top two-way player, um, you know, it would still help you remain relevant. Um, and, you know, you have kind of a new face of that organization after signing DeMar DeRozan to a big deal. Um, I believe it was last offseason or two years ago. Um, you know, fit, of course, you know, you got to figure that out. I mean, for Toronto, I don't think that you need to worry about fit necessarily because Kawhi Leonard, you know, s slides right into small forward position. Um, you, you know, if you still have Kyle Lowry there, uh, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, that's still a good team. And, you know, you obviously upgrade because Kawhi Leonard is a better player than DeMar DeRozan. Um, for the Spurs, of course, you're getting an all-star talent. Um, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter. Um, he kind of is built for, you know, the NBA of, you know, the, the mid-2000s, that Carmelo mid-range era that was so dominant. Um, hopefully, you know, under Coach Pop, you know, he can step up defensively, maybe improve his shooting. Um, I, you know, this trade is just, it, it's kind of a random one to me, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you've got Kawhi Leonard, who is upset with his direction, maybe he still wants to win. He wants to go to a team that is ready to win. Toronto is certainly in that situation. Um, and if you're, I'm Toronto, I'm looking at my team. I recently fired, you know, my coach of the year finalist, um, you know, a season after being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be going in a completely different direction than the one that they were in, you know, months ago. Um, if I'm, you know, looking and Kawhi Leonard is available and I have to give up DeMar DeRozan, maybe one of my younger guys like OG Anubi or uh, Pascal Siakam, um, you know, I'm throwing them in with DeRozan to bring in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, number four on my list for, you know, teams most likely to get Kawhi Leonard, it's the Toronto Raptor. Despite being, you know, his preferred destination, um, to me, number three comes in with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I still believe that it, there's a chance that could it be done. Um, but you know, not as likely as my final two destinations. And for a couple reasons, a, you know, if, if, I'm, if the Lakers are, you know, trading, um, for Kawhi Leonard, they don't have really any stars to give up. So they have to give up their young talent. And that would probably demand, you know, with his level of talent, you know, Lonzo ball and Kyle Kuzma, not to mention, you know, the, the, probably the Luol Deng contract just to make the money work. Um, the biggest problem with this deal to me is convincing, you know, Popovich that he wants to deal with LeVar Ball and the Ball family. 
Um, you know, the Lakers in LA, Showtime, it, it makes more sense that he was fit out there. Um, of course, even they have become frustrated with, you know, the diss tracks and, um, you know, all the, the messing around. And, you know, that even speaks more, you know, if you're giving up Kyle Kuzma as well, you're bringing both of them to San Antonio. Well, it does seem like they have a close joking connection. That's something that, you know, I don't think Greg Popovich and this, you know, traditional organization are really looking for as their new direction, um, you know, post Kawhi Leonard. Um, but, you know, on a pure talent level, um, getting some younger guys would be amazing, you know, for, for their career specifically. Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball, if you get to play under, you know, I, I like Luke Walton as a coach, but if you give me Greg Popovich, um, I think that he could do an amazing job with both of these individuals. I believe, you know, Lonzo Ball could step up defensively, um, Kyle Kuzma, of course, as well. Um, to me, this is, you know, I, I have them at three because this is Kawhi's preferred destination. Um, you know, I have to believe in some aspect, you know, as a traditional organization that the Spurs may try and, you know, fit to what Kawhi would like. I don't think it is extremely likely um, because of Lonzo, you know, bringing LeVar Ball in there. I don't see him working with Greg Popovich. I see that actually, you know, growing quite frustrating between the two of them. Um, you know, Greg Popovich will not, he is not afraid to say anything. You know, they both aren't. I feel like they really could contradict each other. I also don't believe that Greg Popovich is going to bring in the other ball kids, just like LeVar said, whatever team his son plays for will have the other ball brothers. Um, Plus, you also have to convince them to take on the contract of Luol Deng. But of course, you know, getting the young talent um, is something, you know, building for the future of, you know, this uh, Spurs dynasty. Um, Lakers at number three, I, you know, might be talking myself and having them a little lower, but I've made this list. I've got them at three. Um, it's his favorite. It's his preferred destination. You are getting young talent back. Maybe there's an extra, you know, first round pick to be thrown in there. I'm a little cautious to, you know, despite it being his favorite place, it actually working out because you have to convince Popovich to take some, some younger guys, some guys who, you know, seem a little immature. One of them has a father figure that is one of the more outspoken faces in the NBA. That's not a player. Um, I'm a little cautious about it, but the Lakers, I still have it. Number three, um, in terms of destinations for Kawhi Leonard. At number two, we're going to the East Coast. We're talking about the Boston Celtics. Now, you know, this is an interesting situation because to me, uh, the Celtics did reach out and inquired about Kawhi Leonard's availability at the trade deadline. Of course, talks stopped um, and there wasn't a deal that was to be done. But now with, um, you know, his voice expression of wanting to leave the team, you know, they might entertain those talks because to me, um, the Celtics have, you know, some of the more valuable assets in the entire uh, NBA to pull off a deal like this. Um, first things first, if I'm trading away Kawhi, if I'm trading for Kawhi Leonard and I'm the Boston Celtics, I got to move Gordon Hayward with it, with the deal. Um, there are too many forwards, you know, plain and simple on this team for me. You know, you look at Jalen Brown's, you know, a guard forward combo, but can play the three. Um, of course you have Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward on the roster as well. Um, if I'm bringing in Kawhi Leonard, I need to give up one of these forwards. Um, and to me, you know, since Gordon Hayward is making so much money, you got to make the money work. So I'm sending Gordon Hayward, but I'm also sending Terry Rozier. Um, one of the, you know, the younger, brighter guards, um, you know, came alive in the postseason, was, you know, really built um, up his persona in Boston. Of course, that's going to be a little pain uh, staying for, you know, Boston fans to move on from. You do still have Kyrie Irving coming back, of course, at least for next year. Um but to me, you know, this deal is very interesting. I'm not giving up Kyrie um, because I, you know, you, you're not going to give up Kyrie and Gordon Hayward for Kawhi Leonard. 
Um, because then, you know, you, you have Terry Rozier, still you have Marcus Smart as younger guards, but, you know, you're giving up two of your, you know, max contract players for just Kawhi Leonard. Um, but, you know, Gordon Hayward on the team, uh, unfortunately his career, if this trade was to go through, would have lasted, you know, what, four minutes um, in Boston, uh, his playing career, that is. But if you can tell me that I can upgrade defensively at the small forward position, get the best defending forward, in all of basketball, of course, is an offensive talent, is, an, is a quiet guy that'll go in, get the job done, you know, kind of like a silent assassin for Boston, of course. Brad Stevens, you know, gets probably what would be his favorite player to coach. Um, of course, he comes from, you know, lucky for Kawhi Leonard, he goes from, you know, in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA, just right to the second best coach in the NBA, and a guy who is approaching to becoming the best coach in the league um, in Brad Stevens. That pairing would be magnificent, almost as magnificent as it has been to see Pop and Kawhi Leonard work together um, over the last few years. It, you know, Hayward is a guy um, for, you know, San Antonio. Um, he can co-lead the offense with LaMarcus uh, Aldridge. Um, you know, I'm sending over Rozier. He can be the lead guard. You know, he showed that in the playoffs. He's a younger guy that can, of course, like I've said with some of these other teams, replenish, um, you know, the, the the roster that has an aging Tony Parker, you know, uh, you know, Patty Mills that is fading out at the point guard position. Um, they fit, in my opinion, um, really well with the Boston Celtics. Now, you know, you know, the Celtics would hate, lose, hate to see uh, them lose Hayward and Rozier in the same deal, but you're bringing in what can be a top 10 player, um, a guy, you know, that I believe will commit to Boston if he becomes a member of the Celtics. Um, And then you run, you know, a starting lineup next year of Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Kawhi Leonard, and Al Horford. Uh, It's, you know, really that it might be one of the best answers to this, you know, Golden State Warriors team. It's positionless basketball, um, something that could really defend well, match up well against the um, the Warriors in the coming years. And so, you know, Boston has to seriously consider this if it's on the table. Um, San Antonio, it's also probably one of the better returns you're going to get. Um, of course, Gordon Hayward, you have to see that he's, you know, healthy and ready to play basketball sometime soon. Um, Terry Rozier, of course, one of the up-and-coming guards in this league. Um, you know, you might be getting the best return here, giving up your, you know, disgruntled player, um, of course, separates, you know, the, the tension within the team. Um, it, this deal for me is a win-win, but it's not my most likely situation. Um, but Kawhi Leonard to the Celtics, I have to consider more than, you know, every, almost every other situation. I have him, the, uh, the Celtics at number two, but number one, and of course, you know, this is the NBA. It is, you know, the, the team, the San Antonio Spurs are run by ownership, management, coaching staff. It is not run by the players. Uh, They are not obligated to meet the demands of Kawhi Leonard. You know, in my opinion, Kawhi will stay with the San Antonio Spurs next season. That is my number one pick for the destination. I know it's not a a fun pick or something exciting to, you know, see. I'm not going to put my Knicks out there. That, you know, of course, is something I, you know, truly don't see happening. But, you know, he's one of the best two-way players in the league. He's young. He's a perfect fit with Greg Popovich. He is really the face of this franchise ever since Tim Duncan had left, um, you know, in some of his later years as well when he wasn't playing up to the level that we had grown accustomed to. Um, This is a winning organization. This is a team that is not, you know, ready to, you know, take a few steps back. They want to keep moving forward. You saw that, you know, they they have remained aggressive in free agency as they could. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, Rudy Gay, they brought in some guys this past offseason to help out, um, 
Of course, you know, it wasn't the best season they had. It was actually their uh, first time under 50 wins in uh, over a decade, I believe. Um, Certainly, you know, a few steps back in the organization this past year. But, of course, you didn't have Kawhi on the field, on the court. You put him back out there. This, of course, is still one of the better teams in in a competitive Western Conference. I don't see San Antonio ready ready to give it up yet. I think they go another run with Kawhi Leonard. You know, Popovich, um, you know, has been rumored he's not going to coach past his 2020 season. I'm sure he would not like to spend his final years rebuilding or trying to, you know, retool this team. Um, I don't believe they're that far away, which is why I'm picking Kawhi Leonard to stay. Of course, this isn't, you know, rumored, you know, what we expect he wants. Um, Of course, you know, he has mentioned LA, he wants to move on from the Spurs. Of course, all of that is possible if you want to meet those demands, but you do not have to if you're the Spurs. I believe, you know, a traditional organization, Pop, one of those older guys, coaches in the league, reminds me, you know, of a Bill Belichick. He doesn't have to grant you what you want. Most of the time, he won't. I believe that Kawhi Leonard will remain a Spur next season, and for good reason if I'm the Spurs, you know, management, ownership, and coaching staff. All right, with that uh, NBA discussion out of the way, and of course, I've mentioned this at the beginning at the beginning of the episode, make sure to stay tuned. I'm in the, you know, the middle of this week for the release of, uh, you know, the NBA draft edition of the Blake Pace podcast, you know, talking all about, you know, my mock draft, my final mock draft for the NBA draft uh, this Thursday, um, you know, potential trades that I see, um, you know, Cleveland's fiasco with their pick teams likely to trade down teams that should be trading up some of the intriguing prospects. Uh, make sure to tune to that. But we're going to switch now to the uh, NFL, a little bit of a shorter episode today, um, just because we are gearing for that um, NBA-centric uh, episode. We're going to go to um, our team preview, or our season preview, this uh, upcoming NFL season, and that will be for the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at this Panthers team because, yes, uh, the like I've said almost, and I probably will say every time we talk about an NFC team, the NFC is damn competitive this upcoming year. It was competitive last year. You know, almost every team, in my opinion, has a franchise quarterback on the roster. Um, And the the Panthers are one of those teams, definitely, with Cam Newton. um, Undeniable talent. You know, got the team to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, But, unfortunately, that division is extremely tough. You've got, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, who I talked about um, a couple episodes ago. I projected them to go 9-7, and finish second in the NFC South. Um, But still, you know, that was ninth in the conference. So... Looking at the Carolina Panthers, I'm just going to come out and say it right now. Uh, I've got them finishing 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Um, you know, that places them third in the NFC South. And get this, they are 11th in the NFC at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Which, you know, it just speaking, you know, we haven't talked about a lot of these teams yet. But I've got 10 teams in the NFC finishing better than 8-8. Eight and eight. It's going to be a hell of a year. Um for some of those NFC teams. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. But think about that finishing at 500 on the year, but you're 11th in the NFC. Um, you know, that speaks a little to the extent of how poorly I think the AFC is going to do this year, but also to the extent of the competitiveness of the NFC. Um, and you know, the, the NFC South too, I have them finishing third in the division, um, 11th in the NFC, eight and eight record. Uh, the team MVP for me is still Cam Newton. Um, you know, he does a lot in the running game, in the passing game. Uh, it was I saw, you know, I read a piece earlier today that the coaching staff is, is letting Cam Newton know that it is okay to check down in certain situations to not, you know, 
throw away the ball on, you know, 50-50 gambles. Um, you know, his interceptions have been a little high um, over, you know, the recent stretches of his playing career. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe that gets into his head. He plays a little bit more mindful of, you know, short yardage gains are okay. Doesn't always have to be that 50-yard bomb. Um, Cam Newton, to me, is the team MVP. He's, you know, the team MVP for the past few years. Um, he is the charisma in the locker room. Um, he does a lot in the running game. He opens up the running game for the running backs as well. When you've got the option ability, um, he's, you know, one of the stronger quarterbacks in football. He's a big bodied guy. Um, you know, a little critical at times, um, I've been about his, you know, decision-making, but it's still, you know, uh, a testament to, you know, his ability on the field to, you know, force this team to a win, um, of course, you know, he's got a couple weapons on there, and we're going to go to fantasy player for the Carolina Panthers, and that is a uh, running back slash wide receiver, but running back uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'll be honest, the rookie season, you know, wasn't as great as I hoped it would be. Um, you know, was, you know, the eighth overall pick in the draft. Uh, didn't have that enticing of a season. Of course, you know, he's a he's an undersized guy uh, for the NFL you know, still one of the fastest guys at the running back position. But um, I do expect, you know, a better second year for him. Hopefully he's more comfortable with the playbook. You know, he gets a little bit bulked up. Um, hopefully that doesn't take too much off of his top speed, stuff like that. I expect him to become involved even more in the offense, in the receiving game, you know, uh, option plays with Cam Newton. Um, and with Jonathan Stewart no longer on the team, he's the guy uh for Carolina at the running back position. I really expect an upgraded year for him and that, you know, fantasy teams um, should be excited to get McCaffrey on their roster. Rookie of the year to me, and I'm staying all offense with this team um, because the defense is, you know, interesting to say the least. You know, I, I think they lack the the depth. The secondary is, you know, abysmal in my opinion, um, and they definitely need to get younger in the pass rush. But my rookie of the year pick on the offensive side, their first round pick, DJ Moore, um, out of Maryland, I, I see great things coming uh, for DJ Moore um, in Carolina. Uh, of course, Carolina really, you know, lost its receiving core the last few years, you know, losing, um, you know, trading away Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, injuries, of course, have always played into effect with that. DJ Moore is going to be, you know, that deep ball threat that Cam Newton just loves to death. He's going to be that Steve Smith Jr., um, I, I think that there is untapped potential. Um, I, I, DJ Moore and Cam Newton connection is going to be, in my opinion, one of the more exciting things to watch next season. Um, you know, he's a huge guy, deep ball threat, 50, 50 guy. Uh, and when you play in an offense with, you know, not a great receiving core, of course, they have a great tight end in Greg Olson. Um, I really think that he's going to leap out and be the number one receiver for them day one. He is definitely my pick, um, for rookie of the year. So, you know, just quick recap on the season for the Carolina Panthers. I believe that they will finish 8-8 eight and eight on the year. Um, you know, a remark- it's still, a, you know, a good season um, staying, you know, at 500. But, unfortunately, it gets them third in the NFC South um, behind, you know, at least, you know, I'm going to release, you know, behind the Atlanta Falcons, like I spoke, who I have them finishing one game better than um, at 9-7. and seven. But, you know, 11th in the NFC, it's the most competitive conference, um, maybe one of the most competitive conferences in football that we've seen, you know, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, team MVP to me is still Cam Newton. He does so much for them offensively in the running game. You know, he's the the vocal leader for the team in the locker room. Fantasy player, I expect a much better season for running back Christian McCaffrey. Um, I believe, you know, 
after a year in the NFL, he'll adjust. Um, hopefully, you know, he bulks up, get more comfortable on the football field, more comfortable with the playbook. I expect him to be utilized more in the passing and uh, rushing game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, definitely the fantasy player to watch out for on this Carolina Panthers team. And then rookie of the year, I'm looking at DJ Moore, first round pick out of Maryland, wide receiver, big bodied guy, deep ball threat. I think that he'll do a tremendous job. The connection with Cam Newton, I see working out extremely well. Um, and he might, you know, even be on the radar for one of the more underrated uh, wide receivers um, in this rookie class as we move forward into the next NFL season. And with those two topics out of the way, uh, we are going to bring back in this music. We are going to conclude the 12th episode of the Blake Pace podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Uh, A little bit, you know, quicker of an episode, not too long today. But, of course, we have the NBA uh, draft edition coming later this week. Make sure to stick tuned to that. Uh, A lot of great things coming. Of course, I am gone for Wednesday and Friday's episode. Make sure to check us back out on Monday. Uh, We're going to talk more NFL upcoming season, maybe outcomes of the NBA draft. Check in again with my uh, friend Noah on the World Cup. Have some more guests coming on the show soon. I appreciate taking the time to listen to the show. Thank you for the support. You know where to find me on social media uh, at Blake Andrew Pace on Twitter. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll catch you later. Take care.